Pauline doesn't know what I was doing this this morning. She didn't like to upset her because she would worry for my teller. So I just asked permission to come up. Uh, three years ago, uh, Alex and her mummy, very warm welcome to you this morning. They were here with Jim. Three years ago, I was so bad with depression. Judith wrote me a song. I was so bad. And because there's children here, you know how bad it gets, what you would do. So Jim come and put his hand on me, and he's not a Christian man, but he just stood by me while people prayed. And I never forgot that. He's not here this time. I hope he'll come back. I just felt such love from him. He didn't know what to do, and he put his hand on me, and I'll never forget that. Uh, Judah's song as well. She wrote me a song. I'll never forget that. So uh, with David saying this morning that somebody here could be very depressed, and that will I go through some days of that still? And very bad, but it lifts. But someone in this area this morning got a touch because Christine probably seen my hand shake. And whenever the Lord's using me, sometimes my hand shakes. It's going again without me doing it. And sometimes it goes off my hand to someone, you know, and somebody gets a touch. But the story I'm here to tell you this morning is that we are praying for a lady over opposite the clinic. I wish she's got cancer. Neil and me had visited her. She's still going through treatment. Uh, Julie, Julie, where's Julie? There, isn't it Julie, Pauling? Yes, Julie has been prayed for and hasn't had much results. Please remember to pray for Julie. You don't know whether you have a healing ministry or not. And for uh, Margaret uh, Jennings, Margaret's having an awful time. Margaret is a lady came into the shop the other day and asked me, we prayed for Margaret. Margaret was such an encourager, probably feels when you're down that nobody ever remembers, or I remember, and thank God for three ladies in my shop and over here and dropping out. This is going out in live stream, isn't it? No. Well, I would have liked it too because I was going to talk to some people on the, but it's all right. It's recorded, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> These technology things. Um, Three ladies in the shop this week, over a period of two years, have been totally healed of cancer. Glory to Jesus. And you have prayed there. We're praying in the living room, the guys, and I'm seeing, I'm reaping the results. Oh, now, my wife, she won't tell you this, but she went to the doctor one time and they told her that she had rheumatoid arthritis in her system. She's watching me because she does every word with me and I try not to look at her, but she put you off. <laughs> Three years, and she was told that there's rheumatoid arthritis in her system, but it might never come forward. But lately, her hands had swollen. She could hardly knit. There was lumps on her hands. She could not move. Probably none of you know this. She couldn't move her arm any further than there. So, I'm praying in bed as you do. I'm, I'm super like we. We just see miracles. Nothing happens. You know, it's so disappointing when you pray like Billio and nothing happens. So, on Tuesday night, we were taking Hannah out to a lady's house. And Pauling said to the two grandchildren, and she was bad when she said, would you pray for Granny's hands? Well, my word. Look at, wow. Pauling says, I feel the pain going out of them now. The hands went down. Oh, lovely Jesus. Children's prayers. I would have Daniel up here jumping about. I think I'm going to do a Fred Flint's jump, jump for joy. So I said the next day to the two girls, I don't know that Granny's arm's better. And Hannah looked up and said, remember Granny's arm. But that night, Granny's arm was healed as well as her hands. What a Jesus. You want to hear Pauling putting on her clothes in the morning? 
It was pain. Sorry, don't tell you that, just all right. He was going. <laughs> so wonderful, Jesus, wonderful Lord. So I would ask you to, to remember to pray for Julie and for Mark's mummy. Isn't he wonderful? Thank you, folks, for listening. It's, uh, it's different when it's your own story, isn't it? It's different. Um, it's, uh, it's completely different. I, I, I love when my, my children pray for me. I love that. It, um, it's, uh, David talked earlier about the gospel being simple. And sometimes we overcomplicate things. And, and uh, I'm going to talk about vocation. And there's, uh, there's days in my vocation, in what I do, um, especially over the last couple of months, I have found tremendous power in uh, my children praying with me before I go out in the morning. It's not every morning, but there's mornings Dad has to say, guys, I need you to pray with me. And it really, really makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. Uh, prayer makes a big difference. Yep, we're, we're continuing our conversation about vocation. It's very hard to know where to go after that, Billy. <laughs> so it is. It's very hard to go nowhere after, go after what David said too, in the sense that sometimes we, we rush too quickly out of his presence. Sometimes we're, we're so busy getting our program by and, and getting by what we need to talk on and, and getting by on our own agenda and, and we, we, we kind of miss but, um, and, I, and I pray we don't. I pray we don't. I pray we don't this morning. I, I, was, um, I was with Jesse during the week, and, and um, Jesse has worked out how many sermons approximately he's listened to in his lifetime. And um, he's also worked out which is his favorite toe, but that's a different story. For those who know Jesse, you, you, that's, a, that's a bit of a joke with Jesse. But, you know, and we do, we listen to many, many different sermons, but how many actually, how many actually transform us? How many actually have the power to, to um, the words, the power, the, the anointing, the, the grace upon them to, to um, change, change maybe our way of thinking? change how we act during the week, how we act not just alone in the week, but in the, in the rest of our lives. I'm, I'm way off script here. But how many actually do? We have, we have started a series and we're, we're drawn closely to the end of it. We've probably one more week where we're talking about the church, the ecclesia, the, the gathered, called out people called out for the, the well-being of the community. That's what we're, we're talking about today. The church being us, not, not something that sits over there, or not something that's, um, that somebody else belongs to. But we are the church. We are the body of Christ. And, um, and we are the called out people called out to carry Jesus 
into our communities, into our spheres of influence, into our places we find ourselves every day. Neil gave us the statistics last week of how many hours we spend in church versus how many hours we spend in work. Or, and it's phenomenal how many hours we, we rub shoulders with people we, we don't do church with at all. And, and, and as we gather, my prayer is that, that we are fueled, we are empowered in those few hours as the gathered, the called out people. We are fueled, we are equipped, we are, we are energized, we are renewed so that when we go into our vocations, where our places, our spheres of influence, that... Um, we are empowered and equipped to help bring the change. These songs that we sang today talks about us going into all the world, bringing hope into the world, having those life-changing moments with people, being able to put your hand on someone and then being able to sense the power and the love of God flow into their lives being able to speak into someone's life at the proper moment and the proper time, being able to pray with someone, being able even to sing a song. It was great on Wednesday night as we gathered um, at the hub. It was brilliant. A really good time we gathered uh, as the gathered, as the called out people. That's what we did. We gathered as, as the called out people. And, um, and we worshipped and we prayed. And... Um, and I felt as, as, as we did that, what, the thing that I felt the most was that God is writing new chapters or is about to write new chapters in, in the story of our lives, individually and collectively. Stories that have never happened before. Stories that have never been told before. Ways of doing things that we have never, that has never been done before. Ways, creativity. You know, the, the old way used to be you, you either had two options. You kept your mouth shut or you preached the gospel at some, to somebody. There's only ever two options that I was ever brought up with. And, um, and I say that in the sense of, of um, God is, is calling us to be more creative and how we bring the kingdom to earth. A vocation. What is a vocation? Because that's what I'm going to talk about today. What is a vocation? Well, the, the, the Google is, is a great friend of mine. I, I spend a lot of time on Google um, finding out the meaning of different words. And as Amelia gets older, I think I'm going to spend a lot more time on Google because I've seen her homework lately. But a vocation is a calling. It's a, it's a mission, it's a purpose, it's a function in life. And it's lived out through professions, it's lived out through occupations, careers, employments, many different ways, businesses, specialities. It's a strong feeling of giftedness for a suitable uh, or particular career or occupation something you feel you want to dedicate your life to, something you feel that you wrap your life 
around. And, uh, and vocations can change. People's vocations can change in life, depending on the season you're in and um, on the walk and where you're at in your walk in life. It also can depend on God's specific plan for your life. So a vocation is something we do. It's something we're actively involved in. It's something we engage in. Um, and we all, believe it or not, have a vocation. God has a vocation. I liked when, Paul, when Neil talked about Paul last week. He talked about his, his trade, his gift, and his purpose. His trade was he was a tent maker. Paul was a Jewish boy. He was brought up with the Jewish tradition that you learned a trade. You learned to do something. And uh, if, if, if you were a Jewish boy and you grew up in a family and you were not taught a trade of some form or another, it was as bad as, being, as them stealing your birthright. It was, a, it was a very serious thing to have a trade in those days. He was gifted, he, we learn he was a gifted um, communicator. He was a gifted teacher. And, um, and he had a purpose. His purpose was that he would, he would um, bring the kingdom of God here to earth. He would make a difference in his lifetime. That was Paul's big thrust, that the kingdom would be brought here to earth. And so when you marry those three things together, you get Paul's vocation. So during the day, he worked hard. He worked hard because he didn't want to, first of all, be a burden to anybody. He, he, he uh, funded himself. And secondly, he worked hard because he wanted to fund, uh, it's believed that he fund the, the development uh, and the expansion of churches, local churches. There was a cost that had to be paid. And Paul, out of his business, would, would do that, would give. And in the evenings, he used his gift. He would, and this gift would open many doors um, within probably the higher society of life. And uh, he was able to communicate um, the gospel to people. And as I say, that was his purpose was in mind. The purpose that he had in mind was to bring the kingdom uh, of God to earth. And so when I came away from last week, I, what, what it made me think about was what I do with my time, treasure, and talent. Every day, not on a Sunday, but every other day of the week is hugely important. I work in the business world. Um, I'm 24 years there. I'm not just as old as dropping yet. Dropping to 25 years old. But the course of my life, that was never the plan for my life. Never. I never thought I would ever be involved in business. I'm proud to say I'm a farmer boy. But God had a different plan for my life. And it actually, the, the big change in my life came when I met Ronnie for the first time. He's not here today, Ronnie and Carlin are away off with the Isaacs in Scotland. But... Um, it was a big change, a big turning round point in my life. And I don't have time to tell you um, about it. But today within the business world, uh, and, and um, 
I get the chance to, to sit with all spheres of people. I get to, to, to uh, listen to people's stories. I get to pray with people and I get to demonstrate my faith in how I act and react both in the good times and the difficult times. You see, what we do in our everyday ordinary is um, important. What I find is that as I sit with people, as I listen to their stories, I see that there's a huge gap. People are looking for places that they can trust. They are looking for places of hope. They are looking for security. The places that they once would have put their hope, the people that they once would have put their trust in, it's not there anymore. Society has changed. And uh, even, even people having time to listen to someone's story isn't, isn't, isn't there anymore. We're all too busy. If, we, if, you, if you don't read someone's story on social media, you don't get to hear it. And, uh, and so that's what I find in the business world. And so um, it's, it's, uh, it's a big opportunity to share the love of Christ. It's a big opportunity to share um, my faith. It's a big opportunity, most of all, far and beyond, and beyond all. It's a big opportunity. I have a huge opportunity and many opportunities to pray with people. But um, I said to you that I've no, had no idea what I was doing. I, I'm very aware that there's people sitting in this room and you're asking this question. God, what do you want me to do with my life? God, what's your plan for my life? And, um, and I, I've been there. I, I know what that's like. I know what it's, um, it's like to cry out to God and say, God, what, what, what do you want me to do? How do you want my life to make a difference here on earth? But I have the fortunate, I'm in the fortunate position I now can look back. See, hindsight's a great thing, isn't it? Hindsight's an amazing thing. And, and as I look back over my life, I can see that those verses in Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 is so important. Commit all your ways unto him. Commit everything you do unto him. And it's those times that I have done that, that yes, he has directed my path um, and, uh, and, and when you're doing that when you're in the midst of that the big question I always asked was does God really even see me does he even know I exist does he have a plan and a purpose for my life I liked the fact of what Jenna brought up a couple of weeks ago when she was choosing what she was going to do with her life, it was like there was two options. You either went into an occupation or you went into full, what we known, was known then as full-time ministry. Isn't that fair enough? And they, I lived for a long time with a lie that I didn't realize I lived with. You ever live with that, something, a belief in your, in your head and it's until somebody highlights it, you actually still believe it. Andrew... Andrew brought up another one as well, um, that one of, you know, if you enjoy what you do, you never go to work a day in your life. 
Um, I would I would have said that recently. I would have actually said that up until I've heard Andrew saying it, and then realised actually that's just not true. There's some days, there's some days, it's hard work. Doing what you love doing, it's hard work. But the lie that I believed was that I had either two choices in life. I was going to go into full time, full time work. See, I was I was I was. Need was brought before me when I met Ronnie. And there was a huge pull in my heart to want to help. And, and I thought the only way that you could help was go into full-time ministry. Do what Ronnie and Carlin have done. Give up and go into full-time ministry. Or the other side is go into full-time work. Throw yourself completely into that and then make a few pounds and be able to give it to those who are doing the full-time ministry. Do you understand what I mean? Does that make sense? But that's, that's, not, that's not how we're called to live. And Paul's life is the typical example of that. We're to, we're to work hard. We're to, we're to use what's in our hands. And then there is passions within us. Some of us are passionate about worship. Some of us are passionate about prayer. Some of us are passionate about sharing the principles of the kingdom. Some of us are passionate about many other things, about caring and, and many other things. And, and so there's opportunities for us to do that. Mark 16 says we're called to go into all the world and to share and to demonstrate the kingdom of God to all walks of life. And sometimes we put such an emphasis on what we're going to do that we forget this, that what we do is only a vehicle. It's only a vehicle. Our vocations are just vehicles for God's purposes. We concentrate so much. You see, we're wrapped up with the idea we are what we do. We aren't what we do. We're not what we do. We are what God do, does through us. Maybe take a wee bit of time for that to sink in because it took me, took a long time for me for it to sink in. To me. Christ comes and meets us. Neil shared this a couple of weeks ago. Christ comes and meets us where we are at in life. I love that. Because sometimes I'm a wee bit further on in my journey, and then sometimes I sort of fall back on my journey with Him. Sometimes I'm having a great day. <laughs> on top of the world and me and God can take on the world like Billy and then some days it's a wee bit more difficult sometimes I don't feel as spiritual maybe as I ought to and Christ comes and meets us where we're at we centre our lives again around his presence that thing of orientating your life around Jesus. 
we learn to listen to him again. We learn to hear his voice. We, we learn to follow his ways. And we learn what his great plan for humanity is. And so I can't give you 10 steps how to work out your vocation. Wish I could. But that only can come in relationship with God as we, as we actively seek that out. We actively work that out. But I can, over, I can give you a couple of things that I have found helpful to bring clarity to vocation. See, sometimes our vision gets a wee bit blurred. Sometimes we can't just see. And uh, the first thing is where vocation's concerned, no matter what area of life you're in, whether you're uh, a stay-at-home parent, whether you're a carer or whether you're a professional, whether you're uh, whatever walk of life, your vocation, God wants to use your vocation to bless others. It's not for me and my family. And see people who live their lives with this desire, they're the ones who have really caught the heart of God. But in order for that to happen, there's something I realized has to happen in me. I have to live with a sense of sacrifice. It's not, it's not an automatic thing. To bless others, we need to sacrifice. We need to give away. And Puma, he reminded us as, as, um, as he shared the other, the other Sunday, he reminded us of God's great sacrifice. You see, that's where the transforming power comes in our lives. It's because God made a sacrifice. He gave in order that we could be blessed. And so I love the community that we live in. We're not just a community that, that talk, um, that just have words as our faith, but we, we act um, too. When we understand that God's desire is that, that we would use our vocations to bless others, fruit will come. It's a principle within the Bible. The second thing is everyone's call, purpose, vocation, whatever you want to put on that, is different. And uh, we are uniquely made in the image of God. And God has a unique plan and purpose for each of our lives. And so you cannot copy someone else's vocation. You have to work it out with God. There's... Um, Calls and vocations have been, if you read through the Bible, they've been given in many different ways. 
Some have received a dream and some have received a word from God and they, they live that out. Others have inherited some sense of responsibility. Some, it was a necessity to survive and it became their vocation. Some had a form of giftedness or a, a trade and they all expressed themselves in different ways. But the stories that inspire us the most, and, and I don't, the stories, sorry, that inspire me the most, I should say, and I, I don't know whether you're the same, uh, are, the, are the stories of the people who have a desire to use their vocation, use the place that they find themselves to serve others. They're the stories that inspire me the most. Oftentimes, we make it about our ability or lack of it. And, um, but what God looks at, God looks at the intentions of our hearts. Why do we do what we do? What is the purpose in what you do? Can you see that? Have you worked that out with God yet? Because it's the intentions of the heart God blesses. And that's been kind of my experience. Another one that um, has been brought up here already within vocations and um, is just because you're called to a certain vocation doesn't mean it's going to be easy. And... Um, Neil and Jude have just completed the adoption process of Katie. Um, Bridget introduced us to fostering, introduced me to fostering and adoption many years ago. The call upon her life. There's people here and, and the call upon your life is bringing up children. There's some is running a business. Some are learning trades and some are working endlessly trying to see captives set free. There's many, many different types of vocations. But just because you have a sense or a call in a particular way, don't be surprised. There'll be days it'll be difficult. There'll be days the process won't and the reason for that is someone once told me that when God calls you or guides you into something, it's always going to be greater than your own ability. And so the difficulty comes as God is stretching us sometimes into something new, into a new way of thinking, into seeing th things in a different um, ability. It will be hugely, it will be hugely rewarding. It will move you outside your comfort zone and will cause you to frequently leave, live in times where you desperately need him, his power and his presence, his renewing, his grace and his mercy. Anybody up for that challenge? Anybody up for living out God's vocation upon their lives? But it'll be hugely, hugely rewarding. At least we've got a wee bit glimmer of hope in there, haven't we? And the fourth thing is God has a desire that each of our lives would flourish. 
And uh, maybe Neil's going to speak a wee bit on this as we, as we end this series next week, next week. Have you ever thought about that word flourishing? It means more than just to prosper. And it's, it's 33 times in the Bible that word flourish um, is used. And it's, it's, it's to do with living organisms um, that would grow and develop in healthy strong and robust ways. Anybody up for growing? Anybody up for developing? Anybody up for living a life that's a wee bit more robust? Well, as you live out your vocation before the Lord, that's God's plan for your life. There's, um, there's a couple of things. Um, and so that, that, that's a couple of things that... that have helped me to to un, to have some clarity, but there's a few things that I think that we should carry as we live out our vocations. And the first one is 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 easy, is um, his presence, his power, and live with his people. His presence, as I, it increases as I remind myself who I am. I am made in the image of God. God has made me. I'm not a mistake here on earth. I'm not just this haphazardly, haphazard thing that floats about trying to find his way. God has a unique plan and purpose for my life. Who I belong to, who I am and who I belong to, I belong, Ephesians 2 verse 6 says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That, that verse really has spoken to me so much over the last three weeks. And who do we carry? We need to get comfortable with the fact that we carry the presence of God. And you know, as you carry that, there's a certain posture there's a certain posture for carrying the presence of God. And it comes in the form of humility. His presence. Romans and Ephesians tells us that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in our lives. Did you know that? As you sit here today, as you think all through all the events of last week, the goods and the bads, the times when you felt on top of the world and the times when you felt a little bit difficult, the times when you, you thought things were working out and the times you thought they weren't working out. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And David, on the Sunday that he talked about communion, reminded us that we continually need to center our lives around that the presence, the power of God. And people, and uh, Ronnie does a better preach on this than me, but if you want to fulfill your purposes in God, you need people. You need the right people around you. You need the people of God to help you fulfill that. Uh, and one of the great ways that people, one of the biggest blessings that we have heard over the last couple of weeks is where the ladies are concerned and how the ladies have been a praying community for each other. 
praying, lifting each other, carrying each other, encouraging each other in prayer. We need to live with a a deep sense of hope. And hope is fueled by this one fact. We need to believe in the goodness of God. I don't mean just talk about it. We need to understand it. It took me a long time to understand God is good. And he has good plans for us. And even in the difficult seasons of life, we can experience the goodness of God. Do you know that's possible? We need to have joy. We need to be carriers of joy. And uh, in Romans 15, 15, it even says we're to abound in joy. We're to overflow in joy. We need to be the people who carry joy, known as the people who are abounding in joy. And for me, the greatest thing that fuels joy in my life is thankfulness. When was the last time you sat down, took out a piece of paper, and thanked and wrote down the things that you want to thank God for? When was the last time we did that? You see, the greatest thing that um, destroys joy, for me anyway, is forgetfulness. I forget the goodness of God. I forget how many times he has carried me through. I forget how close he has been in the times that I've needed him. It's already been mentioned here this morning, but we need to be people of peace. A lot of us are living with turmoil. We're living with stress. We're living with anxiety, and it's fueled, it's fueled many different ways. Is fueled by the, 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 even as we come into Christmas, and, and David has mentioned it, the, it fuels anxiety, it fuels turmoil. And um, the psalmist reminded, reminded himself that he needs to quiet his soul before the Lord, he needs to live in a place of peace. Do you live in a place of peace? Oftentimes I don't because, you know why? Because sometimes I make poor decisions, make poor choices, do things that maybe I shouldn't have bothered doing and then your conscience is annoyed or you struggle in one form or another. But the psalmist said that he needed to quiet his soul. Why did he need to quiet his soul? Because he needed to hear from God. You can't, a busy soul, a busy spirit, can't hear the voice of God. And so when we hear the voice of God, there's another thing that we need to carry. And that's courage. There is times you need to have courage. And courage comes when we hear the voice of God. Joshua, God said to Joshua, take courage. I have a job for you to do. You might not understand it, but listen to my voice. I have a job for you to do. How ridiculous was it for Joshua to lead that army around the city six days in a row? How ridiculous was it for him to, on the seventh day, 
to march six times. And then on the seventh, do what he was commanded to do. But he needed to hear the voice of God, which fueled courage within him. We need to be people of faith. And faith, faith is a confident assurance that something you believe God has spoken will happen. And we're calling out to God, God, speak. Lord, we want to see transformation. Lord, we want to, to see people healed. We want to see captives set free. And as we press more and more into that, and the more and more I read this, God's promise is that captives will be set free. Captives will be set free. People will be healed in his presence. Renewal will be brought to the city. And sometimes we need to have faith to, to see that, to see that um, carried out. We need to have ability to wait. Who likes waiting? Anybody likes waiting on an answer from God? Not many people are taught nowadays how to wait. We need to wait on the promises of God. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, Let us not grow weary in doing what we believe is right. For in due season you will reap a harvest. We need to be people of integrity. The promise is in Luke 16, verse 10, if you are faithful in the small things, then God will lead you into the great. We need to be people who trust and who can be trusted. Trust God is working all things together for good. Even, the, even in the story of Joseph, when the enemy meant it for evil. God took that and used it for good. And we need to be people who, who can be trusted, who will be there for the long haul, who will listen to the stories, who will take time um, in doing that and sacrifice. We need wisdom. One of the things that we need to carry as we, we go out into our everyday ordinary is wisdom, and, I, and I more and more I pray that over my life, that I need to know the will of God. I need, um, I need to know it because he's the boss, and uh, in every situation and season of life. And uh, we need to live lives that are not annoyed when there's interruptions. Do you know every time Jesus was interrupted on his journey to somewhere. Something happened. A miracle happened. Never once do you see that Jesus was stressed about being interrupted. But on every occasion, a miracle happened. Or most, I should say, a miracle happened. And finally, we need to be people who carry the right attitude. Because uh, attitude makes a big difference in our day. It makes a big difference in how we communicate to the people that we meet every day. It makes a big difference in how we serve. 
It makes a big difference in how we love. It makes a big difference in how we trust. It makes a big difference in how we give. And we watched, uh, I'm finished now, we watched a film, Joanne Knight, a couple of uh, weeks ago. It's a new film out. It's called Walk, Ride, Rodeo. And it's a story of a girl who, who, um, who was in a freak accident and lost her ability to walk. And, uh, and she makes a great statement about attitude. And uh, she says this, attitude is a little thing that makes a big difference. I realize maybe I won't have control over every situation in my life. Maybe I don't get to make every decision. But when I wake up in the morning, I get to decide my attitude. And if that's the only decision I get to make that day, I better make it a good one. Because with the right attitude, who knows what God can achieve. I pray that as you continue on, as we all continue on, that our vocations not alone become clearer, but that we see great fruit as we, as we endeavor to live out lives that are glorifying to Christ, lives that represent Jesus. And, uh, and his vocation was this. He said, I only come to do the will of the Father. That was his great vocation in life. I only come to do that of the will of the Father. I pray that I haven't confused you anymore about vocation, but I've encouraged you in some way to press in for more, to keep going, to, to, to if God is changing your vocation, because you're moving into a new season of life, that that would be something that would be easy to see. That you would see a purpose in what you do. And that you would be carrier of uh, these things. And we would see great fruit. Captives set free. The widows, the orphans cared for. Renewal to our city, our village, our town, even our own lives as we push in to these things. You're going to sing or? Okay. Let me pray and then we'll sing. Father, I thank you that um, you, have a cl you have a plan and purpose for each of our lives. And thank you that you come and meet us exactly where we're at. And uh, Lord, I want to just thank you for the stories that we've already heard today. The stories of, of, of how you're moving. Thank you for, for the story that Billy and Pauline have been able to share with us today. And, uh, and Lord, I just pray for us as a people that we would continue to press in to more of you. Press in to more of what you've called us to do that we would be people who carry hope. Thank you, Lord.